Bretto, the Wellness Base Camp hits your hometown of Adelaide this weekend. Oh, I'm so pumped, MP. The Brisbane Base Camp was a sellout and the feedback was inspiring. Christine said, keep up the incredible work and energy. You made me feel so, so good. Kira said, I loved all the speakers and the vibe in the room and there were so many aha moments. And Lauren said, no matter how many times I hear each of these people speak, I learn new things and always have action steps to take away. Oh, how inspiring is that, MP? It's great to see this event making a real shift in people's lives, Bretto. So jump on board for Adelaide folks, Kim Morrison, Damien Christoph, JP and Andy from Smashed Avocado, myself and the hometown hero, Brett Hill. Oh, MP. The Wellness Base Camp, Saturday, April 7 at the Arca Bar in Adelaide. Two for one tickets available with the code COUNTDOWN at thewellnessbasecamp.com on Eventbrite or search for The Wellness Base Camp Adelaide on Facebook. The code again is COUNTDOWN with the tickets available at thewellnessbasecamp.com on Eventbrite or by typing The Wellness Base Camp Adelaide on Facebook. TheWellnessCouch.com Streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to The Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. We're doing something a little different today uh, because last year I ran a competition within my Healthy Shift Workers Facebook group. Uh, because I wanted to get to know my audience better, which, of course, you know, includes um, you if you're listening to this right now. But I effectively sought out three shift workers to invite uh, onto my podcast so that I can learn more about them and what they do and how they're personally managing to stay healthy whilst working uh, 24-7. Now, you may have listened to an episode that I recorded at the end of last year with a lady by the name of Erin Buchanan, uh, who is also a member of my uh, Facebook group and is a 911 dispatch officer for the state troopers up in Alaska in the United States uh, of America. And in that episode, we got to learn uh, more about uh, what Erin does and how she copes with working in an incredibly challenging work environment, and not just because of her actual job, but because she gets a so little sun uh, living way up there in the North Pole um, as well. So if you missed that episode, uh, make sure you go back and tune into episode 50 uh, because, you know, if you think you've got a really tough shift working job, then you're definitely going to want to hear Erin's story. Now, in today's episode, we have uh, Zach Noble, uh, who is a catering attendant for Queensland Rail and works on board long-distance trains between Brisbane uh, and all around Queensland. He is also currently studying a Bachelor of Nutritional Science and Media degree uh, at Queensland University of Technology uh, here in Brisbane, which um, is an interesting combination. So I'm really looking forward to kind of hearing more about this uh, from him. So to talk to us about life on the railways, I'd like to give a warm uh, Healthy Shift Worker welcome to Zach. Hello. Hi. How are you going? Good. How are you? Awesome. Yeah, great. Thanks for joining me uh, today, Zach. Uh, Did you happen to work today or have you come off night shift or anything like that? Um, I was at university today, actually. Okay. All right. Well, that's got to make this interview a lot easier then. Yeah. You're <laughs> so tired, though. You're tired, okay. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. Well, sitting through lectures is um, not the most stimulating thing at times, is it? No, not really. <laughs> 
Yeah, cool. All right. Well, I guess first things first, I mean, I'd love to hear your story, Zach, because I know, I mean, you're quite young, um, but how did you get started um, in Queensland Rail? So I've always been in the hospitality industry ever since I was probably about 14. Um, I studied as a chef for a bit. That didn't really work out that well. So I went into restaurants, um, trying to get into restaurant management. Um, And I had a HR manager that would come to my restaurant every now and again. And she just mentioned briefly about a job going on board the long distance train. So I just applied and um, she remembered me from the restaurants um, and pretty much got me through to the interviews and everything. Uh, took a few months for the actual job to come, like me to actually get the job. But eventually I got the job at about 17 years of age and now I'm 23 and I'm still working for them. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, how, yeah, how long have you been sort of doing yeah. that role and how long has it been shift work the whole time? Yeah, it started off um, mainly day shifts and then every now and again I would get a night shift. But um, as we've got a fabulous new train that came on board, came on the tracks probably about a year and a half into my working there and um, mainly because I used to live in Rockhampton, it would come through at night time, mainly about 11 o'clock at night or 1am in the morning. So that's when I would be starting work then. So the timetable on my Alvaros has kind of changed that way. Right. And from there on, I kind of just um, started working night shifts. Okay. Okay. And do you, so do you just work night shifts now? Like what sort of shifts do you do? I do uh, probably because of university now, I mainly do day shifts. Um, That's been the last two months I've been doing day shifts. But before that, it would have been a mixture of night shift and day shift, so I could come off a night shift and go into a day shift and go back onto a night shift kind of thing. It's just, however, the dice rolls really. Right. Okay. And do you um, do you have like an, a roster that uh, gets published um, in advance, or is it very much a bit of a uh, something that like a casual where you don't get much notification of what your shifts are? It's mainly a casual job, so the pro- the jobs would get uh, po- posted weekly. So every Thursday, Friday, we'd know what we'd do for the following week. Right. Okay. So you only get one week's notice. Yeah, which is fair enough. Like it's enough time for me, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it works okay at the moment with studying as well. Yeah, it does. They're very, very um, flexible with me. So I'm kind of glad with that. So. <laughs> They will let me um, go to university and let me study and everything. And because I am so casual that like, I don't have to work as much as a permanent obviously does because they've got their set times and everything. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, that that kind of makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, can you, I guess, um, share with us a, little, a typical day for you because you are a cabin attendant. Is that right? A catering attendant, yeah. Sorry, a catering attendant. Yeah. Okay. Can you, yeah, share with us, you know, um, a little about your day, I guess, a typical day, so from the time that you kind of swipe on to, yeah, what you actually do. So I'm, I'm fascinated. I, I don't know. I'm, I know a lot about, about airlines and stuff but not <laughs> a lot about trains. <laughs> so it is kind of like a, um air host or flight attendant essentially but we're on a train and so there are a few trains on our, our railway systems we have. So there is one train um, which goes to Longreach and that actually has a restaurant on board. Um, so that 
train that shift there is a day shift. Um, you get some trains like the through of Queensland that goes to Cairns. That's a mainly we do afternoon and night shift for that one. Um, so I would normally start work about oh, I'd say about eleven o'clock at night or one o'clock in the morning. Um, I would probably I try to get there a little bit earlier just so that I can get myself sorted out for the shift so I know how many passengers are on board, um, what's going on, if there's anything I need to know kind of thing. So I can kind of just get myself quite organised that way. And plus I'd, I'd probably be laying in bed looking at the um, ceiling because <laughs> I couldn't sleep. Um, so I might as well just go to work. Um, so, yeah, we start probably about 11 o'clock. Um, at night, I would give that shift around, and um, we would probably do between an eight and a ten-hour shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could work from eleven till nine o'clock in the morning, from eleven till ten o'clock in the morning, kind of thing. Or we can start at one o'clock in the morning and finish at eleven o'clock in the morning, kind of thing. Mm. So it really depends, and it really depends on the timetables as well of how long of a shift we can do. Um, obviously, there's fatigue management laws and issues that Queensland Rail put out as well. Um, so um, obviously we follow that to the T because we are night shift workers and they mm. are trying to look after our health mm. and everything and make sure that we aren't fatigued. And being in a, um, as you may know, like being as a flight attendant or a train attendant kind of thing, you do have a safety aspect to it. So obviously they try to make us not as fatigued as we can be. Um, and so the job itself, it actually is essentially like a flight attendant where we have trolleys and everything and we serve people food on the trolleys. We do have a galley as well, um, or like a cafeteria, as you could call it, um, where people can come up and they can order pizzas, pies, sausage rolls. Uh, you, can go, you can even give you roast chicken and all that. So um, it can be quite fast-paced, about mm. 4 a.m. in the morning until you finish work that's when like the busiest part would be between 11 between 11 and 4 11 and 3 or 1 and 4 and 1 and 3 you would probably get a handful of people come up to the galley um just because obviously everyone's sleeping on the train Um, (laughs) don't don't blame them really that time of the day i would sleep But yeah, so um, and we have other trains as well, which would which are just day trains, um, where with a trolley service that we provide with a galley service as well, um, and the train that goes out to Long Beach is a restaurant train. So we actually have a fine dining restaurant on board that, where we have a proper chef and everything, and um, we serve um, chef cooked meals to an actual sit down restaurant where the first class passengers would come down. Um, we have a bar panda, we have a waitress and everything, and we have a maitre d' that would come and serve pretty much your needs and everything. So that can be quite fast-paced as well, and that's probably about a 10-hour day as well. Yeah, so, yeah. wow. It's quite intense. There's a lot, a lot to it that a lot of people don't actually realise. Yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, even depends on the load of, you know, the passenger load, um, yeah. Yeah, your busyness kind of yeah, thing, how, exactly. how busy you're going to be versus... Yeah. Yeah, versus not um, so busy. Um, yeah, I guess the other question I'm a little bit intrigued is uh, because I'm, I mean, I was, um, I've never been a flight attendant as such. I was always ground staff, so I'm oh, not sorry, really. Sorry. No, no, that's all right. I'm just, I'm not really that familiar uh, of what really goes on. But 
as a passenger, I, I, I certainly do. Yeah. Um, but one of the things um, that I guess uh, I would think makes your job a little bit more challenging than the regular um, uh, shift working role is that, you know, you're working in an environment that's constantly moving. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's um, enclosed as well. It's what, sorry? It's enclosed with recycled air as well. Yeah. So well, yeah. Getting the prop, we aren't getting fresh air, essentially. We're getting recycled fresh air. Yeah, so same as, yeah, the air crew, um, yeah, obviously, exactly. yeah. So yeah. how do you go about that? You know, how, yeah, how do you go about that? <laughs> kind of um, so around. obviously we can, there are stops along the way, so the train doesn't just go straight to long range. Obviously we have towns we stop in. Um, so I take the opportunity to... Um, get off the train as much as I can mm. obviously if it's busy we don't get off the train um but you are it's recommended that you kind of like have a stretch have some fresh air like have that um just like freshness yeah come back into your system essentially um and it kind of wakes you up and everything and um yeah that's pretty much the best way to um deal with that kind of situation and the movement you kind of get used to it um like you just get used to it yeah because i remember um doing oh gosh it's going back quite a few years ago now but i did a um overnight train uh trip through the rocky mountains in canada yeah, yeah. yeah and um the next for the next day like when i got off for the next two days i was just like i just really struggled to kind of um you know it's get like on. sea legs isn't it like yeah. you're like you're rocking quite well exactly and i don't know i don't know whether it was just because obviously like i was in a bunk so i was lying down so yeah. i don't know if that made things worse um mm. for me like we and, and my girlfriend at the time you know we were both it was just funny we were getting off the train and we were just pissing ourselves with laughter because we could barely kind of, you know, lug our backpacks and kind of walk very far. We felt like yeah. we were drunk. Um, yeah. <laughs> just from- you get a lot of people that actually say that to us when they get off the train and yeah. like, oh, wow, how do, we, how do you actually have your sea legs? It's just yeah. you do so many trips, you get used to it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and it's not like you don't experience something like um, in, the, uh, in the air would experience with that unusual uh, intermittent turbulence like yours, yeah. would be, yours would be just this constant kind rocking. of yeah rocking yeah. exactly yeah the rocking oh interesting yeah. yeah um i oh gosh back in about episode 25 i think it was i interviewed a gentleman by the name of jim ward uh who had actually spent over 50 years working um, as a train driver. Um, I call him the gentleman of the of the railways because he was just such a delight to talk to. Um, but yeah, he'd spent over 50 years working um, in the as a train driver. Loved it, absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, but so, do you work with anyone like that, or you know of anyone um, in your own work environment that has been in the industry for a similar time frame? Yeah, there's quite a few people actually. Like, um, we, it's pretty much, I would say the oldest, the person who's been there the longest would be nearly 50 years they've been there for. Um, and probably, I know people that have been there about 45 years and everything. Like, there's a job that you can have for ages if you treat your body right. Yeah. Essentially. Um, yeah, there's just, so many people, I actually, there's quite a few people actually that have been there about 40 years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. 
because they just love it. Obviously, they love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that, that's what Jim said. He said, I kind of feel like I, I'm getting paid just to do my hobby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to- I'm, getting paid. I'm getting paid to do my hobby as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is a yeah great uh, kind of um, uh, way to kind of look at it. Certainly makes, yeah, yeah. your job um, mo- much more enjoyable. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, given with the challenging part of the crazy hours as well. Now, yeah. Um, in your initial contact with me, Zach, you mentioned uh, that you've been showing other people in your workplace um, the importance of he- um, eating healthy. Can yeah. you tell us more about that? So um, when I started studying and looking into the field of nutrition, because um, obviously when I started with nitrogen and everything, I was getting quite um, – my diet kind of went downhill because obviously I wasn't eating right. I was eating at wrong times. I was starting to eat quite a bit of sugar. Um, just because it was quick and easy. And then I um, pretty much, I would say, nearly woke up to myself and realized that um, there's a, I have to eat healthy. Um, so I kind of started researching it all um, and started studying it all. And I actually, actually um, enrolled into university and started studying it. And when people heard that I was at work, that I was enrolled into university and started studying, they kind of started asking me questions and everything. And um, there were, I was like how to battle um, fatigue and everything and how like to um, stop like crashing kind of thing. So like they would have be on high because they're eating so, drinking so much coffee and then they'll just crash kind of thing. Um, so I kind of try to teach them um, you shouldn't really be having coffee at this time. You should really be having coffee a little bit later or like you shouldn't be eating until – you're supposed to be your body clock actually tells you to eat so like we're supposed to be eating early in the morning not like 1 a.m early in the morning like 5 a.m early in the morning kind of thing um so it's kind of showing them this way like stop eating um quite a few carbs because obviously if you eat carbs you're going to feel tired and you don't want to feel tired when you start a night shift essentially because you just um you're not going to be in a good place for the rest of the shift um so i kind of showed them protein kind of helps like mm. if you eat protein before a shift um i feel it fills me up until i need to eat again quite um a few hours later um that um and it kind of keeps me awake as well um essentially um and i was kind of showing them that way and showing them um like turkey tuna um cottage cheese um pork kind of thing like the new the high protein foods um i was kind of telling this is what you should really be eating stop eating so many cars before you shift um don't drink coffee at this time essentially um don't eat at this time eat at this time instead um try to get off the train as much as you can as well like it's not just food that's part of your nutrition it's like also the like fresh air and like the energy around you i would say and like um Getting off the train, it takes you to natural light um, if it's early in the morning, if there is sunlight, mm, yeah. um, instead of actual artificial light because artificial light just, I find, doesn't bode well for me if I'm in it for a long period of time. And so, yeah, I was trying to teach them that, that way, that, like, this is what how, um, this is how you should really be going through your shift, essentially, whilst you're eating. Mm, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Own, and bring your own food as well. You can yeah. bring your own food on board. And that way, you know, you won't be snacking throughout the night, essentially, because mm. those snacks kind of 
can add up to like you're accessing your um, recommended dietary intake for the day of sugars, salts, um, fats, and everything. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So I was really and I was kind of just, yeah, just like, as soon as we start talking about nutrition to me, I'm just, I just can't shut up essentially at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And so yeah. are your colleagues kind of receptive to that information? Like, Yeah, most yeah. of them are. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, the, a lot of them actually start taking my information on board essentially. And I obviously, I know that I'm not a registered nutritionist yet or I'm not a registered dietitian yet, um, but I'm showing them my um, extent of my knowledge essentially and I said to them, like, do your own research as well. Like, just don't come to me and ask me. You can do your own research essentially mm. and actually start prompting yourself, oh, this is how I should be eating. And then if you can just kind of follow a way that you suits you on how you eat, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um yeah, I mean, I, I I just think it's fantastic because I think you I, I don't know, did you get much of this sort of nutritional um I guess tips and uh help at your induction when you were kind of um first signed up to work um in this sort of shift working role? Did you get any help at all? Yeah, we did. We got a lot of um we got a lot of um like flies and we got quite a bit of training about fatigue management and everything on okay. how to handle it obviously yeah. uh, and like the exercising as well kind of helps with your movement on the train um exercising kind of helps with like your circadian rhythm and like your um blood like having like good heart and everything and good health is part of exercise is exercise as well um and talking about like the right food groups you should really be eating as well. So they kind of they do promote healthy um, living at work. Mm, yeah, that's fantastic. It, well, it certainly helps when you've got like someone like yourself that's there and is actually um, doing it. You know, yeah. because it's easier said than done. We can sort of yeah, say, you know, exactly. this is how you should be doing, it and this is yeah. how you should. And and we know when you've got uh, when we're kind of experiencing that fatigue. Um, yeah. you know, a lot of our good intentions go out the window, so yeah, exactly. to speak. It's good in theory, but in practicality, it's... Yeah. It's like, yeah, so a lot of people like theory, but practica- practically some people don't know how to do it properly. Yeah, it certainly becomes, yeah, a bit harder. So how yeah. do you um, manage your sleep deprivation or the sleep disruption side of things? Because you mentioned, um, you know, it's starting sometimes at, you know, 11 o'clock at night or even 1 o'clock in the morning. I mean, that that would hurt, I could imagine, starting yeah. at 1. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, used, I used to start at 3 a.m. in the morning um, and that was hard because I had to get up at about 1.45. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking, yeah, the 1 a.m. starts are very similar. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that wake-up alarm clock um, time Yeah, I hate the wake-up alarm. It actually makes me shiver down my spine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just find, I just found my own way how to deal with it essentially. Um, so I would, I have like, I have my own little, like, oh, I don't know how you'd call it. I would like my own little, this is how I would do it. Routine. Each day. So in my routine, that's it. Yeah. Um, so I'd have my own routine. Like I know I've got to start work at 11, so I'll be in bed by this time. I know that. Um, I should only have this amount of hours sleep the night before so that I can sleep a little bit better 
the following night kind of thing because I'll be a little bit more fatigued um, so that I can be um, properly awake and everything by the time I start my shift. Um, when I finish a shift, I kind of I take my time to go to bed essentially. So I have I make myself comfortable before I get to bed so that I can have the best, most comfortable sleep I can get throughout the day because it's hard to sleep during the day. Mm. It really is. So, like, I know I make my room as, like, blackout as I can so I've got black sheets, black, um, like, black quilt covers and everything just so that it's so dark for me so that my mind can kind of trick itself to say it's not time. Um, I put aircon on and everything and have a shower obviously and just try to make myself as comfortable as I can before I go to sleep I only sleep during the day for a probably maximum of about five hours and then that I find for me because I'm 22 um there's enough hours sleep before for me so that I can go to bed at 10 o'clock the next night so that I can actually um have a proper night sleep again if I'm not working obviously that night again yeah um so, yeah, I kind of just make it a way that the following night I'll be going to bed at a reasonable hour and waking up at a reasonable hour mm. if I'm not working. And then if I'm working the next night, I kind of try, I try to stay awake as long as I can and then I'll sleep for like seven hours and then I'll wake up and go straight to work for the night kind of thing. Um, so I kind of just manage it in the way that how my time or my roster is set out. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of got it down to, like, an art form. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, yeah. yeah, to kind of manage it because, yeah, it's all about, um, yeah, being mindful of a whole circadian yeah. rhythms and yeah, exactly. trying to reset them um, yeah. as best as we possibly can yeah. when we're kind of working against them all over the shop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, that's, um, yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah. you obviously, um, as I mentioned before, and we've, we've talked about it a little bit, you know, you are studying a nutritional science and media degree. Yeah. Now that sounds as a nutritionist myself, that sounds really interesting because yes. I never thought to put the word media in between in, into the same sentence. Can you tell us more you know, about this degree that you're doing and like, what, you, what are you hoping to do, um, once you're finished? Um, so I never thought I could put the word media with nutrition either until I actually saw this degree. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Um, so it's a really interesting degree. It's really different, honestly, because um, obviously I'm doing, I'm doing media and communication. So it's, a, it's kind of like a journalism, English kind of part of the degree uh, with gotcha. a science part of the degree. Yeah. So it's, it's really weird in the fact that, I'll have a science class, a advertisement class, and then a branding class, and I'll have an anatomy and physiology class. Wow. So it's really weird because um, I'm, I'm just used to having straight science. Yeah, kind of yeah. Straight me too, <laughs> totally. It's just like science, English, advertisement, branding kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. um, you can become quite a few things um, with a media and communications degree. And the way I've, I – Personally, believe the way that the world's going at the moment with um, media becoming the forefront, especially mm. social media becoming mm. the forefront in society, that we need nutritionists and um, dietitians and like health professionals that know media and know how to analyze texts, um, how to advertise within media and how to advertise within society as well, um, which will be a great um, advantage, I think, for community health and public health. 
Um, because obviously, as you mean, you would know as well, like you get a lot of people out there that think they're nutritionists or think that they're health professionals, um, where they have a blog and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they haven't done any prior study or anything. Um, so me personally, if we can get a nutritionist or a dietitian or health professional out there, um, to kind of be a competitor for, for, um, that you can actually, I feel like you can kind of bring in a more range of people in a community to create, start creating a healthier lifestyle and a happier lifestyle. Um, my whole passion for this degree is community health. I really love to work with community health and especially young people, millennials health as well. Mm. Obviously I'm a millennial and I believe like young people don't, aren't really aware of how healthy they should be. Um, so the whole reason for me studying is like obviously community health and millennial health as well. Um, you can, you know, like you can become a content writer as well. So you can get um, hired from newspapers to um, supermarkets to like, um, you can get hired with Queensland Health and become like their social media nutrition writer kind of thing. So it opens up a a range of different jobs with it essentially. And like you can, I feel like I would want to get my message out to the community and the public and um, this is the best way to do it because you're studying social media, you're studying advertisements, you're studying communications, textual analysis and everything with your nutrition degree and you become a registered nutritionist. And when I get my master's, I'll become a registered, registered dietitian that way and everything. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Well, I think that's fantastic. Um, certainly for someone that, you know, my business is 100% Skype consultations yeah. and I have an online program uh, that I run that, you know, that obviously, you know, involves, um, you know, a lot of videos um, and content. Yeah. And I can assure you it's all been a very much self-learning process yeah. as I go along. It, there was never anything that was um, spoken about in um, our degree or the one that I did uh, which is a bachelor of health science majoring in nutritional medicine i loved the degree and it was just the best thing that i ever did but there was definitely um an element that was missing uh leading um when i left that degree um in regards to that sort of thing but i always knew when i left that um when i graduated that i that my um main goal was to uh yeah encapsulate that whole social media thing because i wanted to help people around the world like not just in my local community so um yeah i think that's just brilliant and i like the fact that you're interested in community health i think um yeah i think that's fantastic um and to yeah have that uh obviously more interest in the millennial i can't even say that word Millennials. Millennials, yeah, uh, because obviously that's a um, something that you can really resonate with yourself being one um, as yeah. well. So, yeah, I think oh, it's just it's brilliant. It's yeah, whoever whoever made up that combination, um, yeah, is 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 really a yeah, definitely, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess we're about to wrap up the podcast um, shortly. 
Zach, but you know, what, I guess, one um, tip would you give to anyone that might be listening um, out there now that might want to, you know, be looking at uh, working um, in the railways in in whatever capacity? Because obviously, as a catering attendant with what you do, um, you know, that's, that is one facet of the whole railway industry. There's so yeah. many different avenues that you can take. But obviously, you know a lot about that industry. You've worked there for five years. So what would be your number one tip for anyone kind of wanting to, yeah, I guess start out um, in that that sort of industry. So if you want to go on board the long distance trains, um, customer service is the key, um, and you really want to have quite a bit of maturity, obviously, with the job. Uh, Queensland Rail, you can go onto their website and look at careers um, dot com, and um, a list of their careers will come up for what is available and everything. Um, Mainly just hang out there, try to find the job you want um, in the railway or in any type of business like that in a um, railway. Um, it does come up um, spontaneously. Um, like you might not, if you want a certain job, you might not get it for, it might not come up for a few years essentially because they have no capacity for the job. Um, but yeah, so just, Go on their website. There's Queensland Rail Careers. You can find it, all the information there if you um, need. Um, a lot of customer service. They love people with customer service. They love mm. people who are um, responsible, um, who have a level of maturity. Um, and I would say because um, a lot of Queensland Rail, there are quite a bit nicer workers at Queensland Rail, so obviously look after your health and make yeah. sure that you actually research um, how to look after your health before you start the job mm, great tip yeah great tip and it's yeah i guess it's all about i think the one of the probably even more important um aspects to that is your you know ability to kind of you know love working with people because it's yeah, exactly. a very much a people yeah, it is of, a customer service yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. I would love a talk show because then that's all I can do is just talk. Ah. <laughs> hey, well, anything is possible when you graduate exactly. with a degree that you've got like that. So, exactly. yeah, I have to keep an eye on you. I'll be watching from the distance, <laughs> looking out for the uh, Zach Noble show. Yeah, <laughs> Well, look, this has been you know, great um, chatting with you, Zach. Like, thanks so much for joining me today. Like, I'm sure Thank our listeners, yeah, have kind of found. Um, yeah, found your story are really interesting along with getting some kind of insights um, into ways to work, you know, 24-7. I mean, look, I, oh gosh, I certainly wish, you know, I'd been more like you when I started my shift working career over 20-odd <laughs> years ago because um, I can assure you I was nowhere near as healthy as you <laughs> in my 20s. I think it took me about kind of 13 years or so to, to have that um that sort of wake up, you know, you know, wake myself up moment. It took me a bit longer um, than yeah. it did for you now. But, um, yeah, kudos to you and it's Thank just, you. yeah, it's wonderful to, um, you know, to see someone um, that really is embracing, you know, it is shift work, it is what it is, but there's certainly yeah. uh, ways, um, you know, ways of managing it. Uh, so, yeah, it's been great chatting. 
Thank you. It's been great um, chatting with you too. <laughs> All right. Well, that's um, it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. If you enjoy the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit as this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. Um, now, it also helps if you leave us a rating, preferably five star if you really liked the episode, as this will help my podcast gain an even bigger reach, uh, which will enable me to help more people. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, uh, healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. I've also just recently launched my second intake of my Better Sleep Intensive program exclusively for shift workers. So if this sounds of interest, um, go ahead and click on the Work With Me uh, Better Sleep program link on my website where you can learn more about the program along with the application process. So thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.